March Madness is finally in the Sports Gaming Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Props, parlays, in-game wagering, MyBookie.ag has it all. And if you sign up right now using the promo code SGP50, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus today. Play, win, and get paid at my bookie. We're also brought to you by Play Balto. Sports Gaming Podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is being brought to you by Play Balto and PlayBalto.com hosting our March Madness Bracket Challenge. It's free to enter and thousands of dollars in prizes up for grabs, including 100000 for a perfect bracket. Reserve your bracket today at SportsGamingPodcast.com slash madness. We're also brought to you by FanVest. Sports Gaming Podcast Network is being brought to you by FanVest, a digital exchange that lets you invest in and trade sports teams like stocks. FanVest is launching a free March Madness Portfolio Challenge on Selection Sunday with a $5,000 cash prize for the winning portfolio. Sign up for free at FanVestWageringExchange.com and instantly receive $1,000 fan bucks for your portfolio. Lastly, we're brought to you by DraftKings, the sports gaming podcast being brought to you by DraftKings. And if you go to DraftKings.com now, enter promo code SGP to enter the bracket battle promotion for a free and complete share of $64,000. That's code SGP to enter the bracket battle for free only at DraftKings.com. March Madness is finally here, and we're releasing early for you guys. Could not wait until what our normal time slot on Wednesday. Uh, we grabbed Matt Peralt for this interview that is absolutely incredible. Fellow Boston guy who's out here, runs the Pushing the Odd show from CG Technology Sportsbook Inside the Palms, has been everywhere and everywhere doing incredible things in the space, putting out great content, has been all over uh, in the sports betting world and, and really at the forefront when it comes to the market changing and legalization, kind of what that means for Las Vegas. So we definitely dive into the differences in betting March Madness uh, in Las Vegas versus maybe offshore at a different shop um, across, you know, the uh, legalized states now and kind of what that entails specifically, as well as diving into the more broad topic stuff that we talk about when it comes to the NCAA tournament, whether we put more uh, emphasis on trends, uh, guard play, location, everything and everything from a broad topic, um, you know, kind of narrative for this upcoming NCAA tournament, more so, you know, dedicated towards um, game by game and really looking at this big picture, tips to take away, things to uh, really incorporate into your handicapping uh, to make, you know, make yourself a a little bit of a more informed better uh, rather than just giving you a couple picks and walking away, not really caring what happens to it. Myself, Ryan and Sean Colby will all be out in Vegas, of course, coming to join me finally uh, for this. So we will be together on Friday. I believe we're going to do maybe a live podcast or at least a collaborative one. We'll talk about kind of what happened throughout, um, you know, picks, all that type of stuff. We'll all be given on the SGP feed as always. So I hope you guys really enjoy this interview. Very informative of kind of NCAA tournament for the 2019 season with Matt Perel of Pushing the Odds. You can find him on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. And now joining me on the Inside Vegas podcast, somebody that I've been trying to connect with for so long. And because amongst other things, he's another Boston guy living out in the desert, which cannot be understated. He's the host of Pushing the Odds on SB Nation nationally and 920, the game in Las Vegas. Pushing the Odds, of course, live from the CGT Sportsbooks inside the Palms, beautifully renovated new casino and sportsbook, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday on 920 a.m. the game and 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on SB Nation nationally. My fellow Boston friend, Matt 
Matt Perel. You can find him on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt. How is everything in your world right now? Uh, things are wonderful. I'm really happy to be on. And this is really, uh, it's going to be a treat for me to talk as, yeah, as you mentioned us, us East coasters here in Vegas and us uh, Bostonians in the sports gambling space. It's always great to connect. So thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it. Of course. I want to dig into your introduction for anyone that isn't as familiar with your work as I am. I think you have a fascinating story of moving across country, much like I did. Um, what kind of led you to being able to create content in the space of sports gambling and lead you to where you are now in your career hosting, you know, a, both a Vegas uh, syndicated and nationally syndicated sports you know, gambling show every single day uh, in Las Vegas? Sure. I'm kind of your radio journeyman. I started my career. I went to UMass Amherst, graduated in 99. I went through the Calipari. Yep. Yep. And I went through the Calipari 96 Final Four run, which kind of, I was always a college basketball guy. It's why I went to UMass to begin with. I could have played, I I grew up in a town north of Boston called Andover, Mass, and I was recruited to play college soccer. And I was given the chance to go either to UMass or go to a a D2 school and play soccer. And I didn't want to get up in the morning and run five miles a day anymore. So I decided to go and party and have a good time and enjoy myself. And, um, you know, I was initially attracted to radio. Uh, You know, if, if your Boston listeners remember WFNX in Boston before, it went to kaput it's you know i was an intern for them and i thought about going into music radio and i had a, a great uh person who i worked with named laurie gale who was the, the, the director of, of the music there and said do not go into sports do not go into music go into sports because you love sports and music is dying on the radio you want to have a career in 25 years and lo and behold she was absolutely right so uh i i went to virginia first then i went to alabama uh, then I went to Nebraska, then Iowa, then back to New England for a while where I met my wife and got married and had our first child, had our daughter. Uh, and then I was given a chance to join Espination Radio. Um, and, you know, I did a lot of cool things in New England. You know, my, my dream was always to be on WEI in Boston. I had a chance to work for them for a while and um, did a bunch of Red Sox stuff and weekend shows for them and whatnot. And then was given a chance to go to Houston. Uh, and then after being in Houston for a year, SB came to me and said, hey, we're going to change out our, our night show. Do you want to go to Vegas and we jumped at the chance. And then that was all the passive stuff started kind of coming to fruition. And after about a year and a half of being in Vegas, I kind of approached my, my boss and was like, Hey, I really would love to do something in the sports gambling space. I've always been a sports gambler. I placed my first bet when I was 12 years old with my grandfather at Rockingham Park uh, in Salem, New Hampshire. And I, I just wanted to be really a part of it. And um, he said, well, what, do we, what if we move you guys to, to middays? Would you want to do a, a midday show on sports gambling? And that was January of 2018. So for the last you know, 14, 15 months, we've been up and doing this sports gambling space nationally. And that was before PAPSPA you know, was, was cleared by the Supreme Court and kind of in, you know, I was always banking that that was going to happen. I didn't know when it would happen, but I knew it was going to happen at some point. And, you know, my boss was kind of saying, you know, how do you know? And I'm just people that I talk to, I'm telling you, it's going to go legal. And when it does, the entire country is going to change and sports radio is going to change. And I've been telling people now for months and I've been doing podcasts and interviews and people telling if you can't talk about the number and you can't talk about it intelligently in two to three years, you're not going to be in sports radio and sports radio has been the place where you know rick patino used to call it the fellowship of the miserable well hot takes the uh, the subjective hot take nature of lebron versus michael well that crap's going to be gone because the objective nature of sports stock radio is going to become can you talk about the number can you predict what's going to happen can you be intelligent about it and even if you're wrong can you at least state a case for why you think you're right and i just think that is going to be where we're all going to be here in two to three years and podcasts like this and stuff that i'm doing on the radio on, on sb nation I, I just think that that's the future 
future of our industry and really the future is here. Like we all know, I mean, New Jersey numbers are crazy and you know, more and more states are signing on every month. So it's, it's a really fun time to be a part of this. I couldn't echo your sentiments enough. And before we break into Selection Sunday, I've been so obsessed with this new market and legalization and the changes and what it's doing to the market. You've been doing, again, both Vegas and nationally you know, syndicated shows. When you break it down from Vegas to whether it be Atlantic City or any of these new places with legalization, what's kind of some of the biggest differences you've seen? To me, it's the fact that Jersey's kind of trying to use the offshore model of hanging kind of weird props, obviously no gaming commission or at least a different one, um, instead of the you know tried and true model of Las Vegas, which works, um, you know, when they're using these weird Oscars props or whatever the case may be and getting screwed over, having to cancel bets. What are some of the craziest differences that you've seen and noticed from market to market? Well, when I went to cover the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship, uh, a friend of mine, and, and, I, and I do work for, for PlayPix.com, I do, do some contributing for them. So they sent me out there from Vegas to Jersey to cover to cover it. And, you know, that's an event that I think will grow as the years go on. And I know there was some negative stuff. And, you know, Rufus Peabody became kind of a household name amongst us in the sports gambling space after that. But, you know, I work with Rufus. And I know him well. And I, I was talking to him during the final final couple of uh, days there, or the, or the second and third day. He was there and you know there were some hiccups with that but that thing has the potential to be huge because new jersey i mean look living in vegas i'm so jealous if you're in jersey listening to this you guys have you know the fact that you have cash out features when games tip off and if you're an intelligent sports gambler and you've picked the under and you know for a fact you're on the wrong side the fact that you can cash out within the first couple of minutes of the game and get out of your wager where you know you aren't losing all of your money that needs to come to Vegas like tomorrow. And those are things that Vegas has to be able to adjust to because the things that DraftKings is doing and soon to be with the Caesars deal, soon to be here in Vegas. So hopefully the, the gaming commission is going to play all. But I, I'm jealous of the options that New Jersey has. And I'm jealous of the marketing that they have with the $500 free risk wagering that's going on right now. I mean, my goodness, here's 500 bucks. Go play with it. Or DraftKings just gives you 25 bucks, whether you make a deposit or not. They're going to give you 25 bucks to go and spend it in Jersey. I mean, these are things that in Vegas, the mat, the market's been saturated so much that the aggressive marketing for sports gambling is not there. So to me, I'm jealous of all these different people who are getting onto sports gambling apps who can go and do things that we can't do here in Vegas right now. And, you know, the mobile wagering, you know, what, what governor Cuomo said today in New York about the fact that, you know, mobile wagering is not attractive enough for, for New York. The, the, the overall handle is not big enough to make a dent in New York is so laughable that it, it pisses me off when ignorant people are talking about sports gambling, because we know that in New Jersey, 80% of all the wagers are made mobily. This is where we're, we're all going after because we want to stop. I don't want to say stop the offshores because I, I feel like they have a place, but I want U.S. tax dollars and U.S. dollars to stay here to benefit the states they're being gambled in so people understand why sports gambling legalized is a good thing. So I don't want that money to go offshore. I want it to stay here locally, but you know, you have to contend with the apps. If you, if you don't have an app or you don't have mobile wagering and all you have is on-property mobile wagering, it's completely pointless. <laughs> and it's really limiting the ability to grow and having new people try it and new people sign on. I mean, I signed up for three apps in New Jersey, laying on my bed in my hotel room. I loaded all three of them. I was approved. I was wagering within 10 minutes on three different applications in New Jersey, where here in Vegas, it would have taken me an entire day to do that. And that has to change immediately here for us really to see a mature market. 
completely agree. It's so funny. I believe next week we're going to have sports trade on, and I think they're going to really revolutionize the market when it comes to New Jersey as a peer-to-peer marketplace. I've been, you know, such good friends with, you know, Ian and Luke at PropSwap, and they ran into so many, I don't say obstacles, but they had a hard time and some blowback from casinos and casino owners, sportsbook managers, um, because the old guard in Las Vegas didn't really want to change their ways uh, for a variety of reasons. Again, one thing, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I understand that, but they have such a huge advantage in these new markets like Jersey and and all over the United States, um, because when people are going to learn how to bet now, they're going to you know be able to come up learning with the secondary market with cash outs and be able to use it and learn about it from the start. So I completely agree with you there. Yeah. Well, Robert Walker, who, who runs uh, U.S. Bookmaking, who was a long time at the Mirage and uh, with MGM, has been in, been in Vegas for 30 years bookmaking, said something to me on a podcast late in September, which I couldn't believe it. But he said to me, Matt, you do have to understand something, that Nevada is going to run the risk of being left behind. And we all were sitting around and go, remember when Nevada was the focal point of sports gambling in, a, in this country? And I kind of laughed it off. I was like, yeah, come on. That's, that's, that's a long time down the road. No, it's not. If, if Nevada Nevada's not smart about this. If they don't become a lot more flexible as to changing the way the consumer wants to gamble, they're going to be left behind. And I know overall, you know, $300 million a month is earned by these casinos with penny slots. Okay. And I get it that the overall hold is very small compared to the overall casinos here in Vegas. So they look at sports gambling as just kind of like a piece, but it's going to be a lot more than just a little piece. It's going to bring people in like this week with March Madness. Casinos are all full up. Look at the the room rates in New Jersey. The room rates in New Jersey are skyrocketing. They're actually uh, 50% higher right now in New Jersey, in Atlantic City, for for the March Madness run than it was for the Super Bowl. So people are jumping up and down about a chance to gamble and be a part of these these properties to be on site to gamble. We can't be flat-footed here in Nevada. We've got to be proactive, and hopefully they're paying attention to this. Because if they're not, Robert's statement might be right. We're all talking about this in five years, saying, remember when? Well, that was a great transition, like the professional you are. L- let's dig into this. <laughs> With Selection Sunday kind of come and gone now, obviously, the conference tournament is what I would call more professional, more local. The NCAA tournament, a little bit more amateur hour, especially with you know St. Patrick's Day in the past mm-hmm. being on that weekend. Um, recreational betters, tourists, you know, as somebody who's been you know doing looking at both the Las Vegas market or as well as across the country, um, the crowds that are coming in, tourists, all that type of stuff. What is kind of your grand takeaway for someone that wants to make a little bit more informed bets? You know, look at market entry? Do you want to play contrarian? Um, you know, how do they, these people kind of maneuver around the public droves, um, you know, that are, are undoubtedly going to bet some things up or, or if they're coming to town for the first time, you know, what to do to kind of, um, you know, not fall victim to the same stuff for the first time. Well, I'm a contrarian better by nature. Um, you know, I, 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 I tend to look at things and I want to fade the public. And if I have opportunities to fade the public, I will. But in terms of like a futures market, it's really difficult because you end up going up against the fact that the numbers, look at the number one seeds and, and what number one seeds normally do here in the dance. I mean, they win 80% of their games in 20 of the last 34 championship champions have been number one seeds and only two times, sorry, only eight times in the last, uh, since 85 has the game featured zero number one seeds for a national championship game. So historically speaking, you have to look at the one seeds and you've got to be a little bit more public based when it comes to the dance with those guys. But, um, you know, I, I love to look at in the first two games where I've made a lot of money over the years is first half unders with games being played in in, uh, the first half unders with the total of 70 points or higher. So 
and, and even two like defensive teams like a UC Irvine uh, taking on Kansas State, right? That's that, that could be a game that's a rock fight where both teams get to twenty maybe in the first half. I, I love looking at really two defensive-minded teams and looking at when they play for the first time, they're always going to be tight. It's a, it's new rims. It's a new new venue. You know, a lot of times the early morning games are really fun because there's nobody there. People are at work and the kids are half asleep. Um, so that's one place where I've made a lot of money. Uh, and, and, and I think I also like first half unders as you progress through the entire tournament. The first game, the first game being played at the new venue First half unders are kind of like that's my thing when it comes to the tournament. <laughs> yes, you are tugging at my heartstrings. First half <laughs> unders, um, again on the SGP speed specifically, Ryan plays every single first half under, all thirty-two of them, a ticket writer's nightmare. Um, but there's so many reasons to like that angle, and I've also come across this. This is from Spread Investor, Rico Bosco, Tim Hold, Moneyline Parlays put out a, an incredible, incredible guide for March Madness. Um, when it, listen to this uh, for delayed start times, games in the first and second round that were delayed fifteen plus minutes the unders in the first half and game of those were 16 and 4 of those games seven were complete sweeps meaning the first half and full game under hit and overall all second games of double headers regardless of start time were 27 and 21 when betting first half and full game unders well, well, that, well that's great too because basically what that means is any game that goes to overtime instant thing, you just go bet the under like don't even worry because you know that game's going to be delayed because of the overtime period and then the the warm up time and networks need to get their window properly. So basically, any overtime game, the next game is the under in the first half should be an automatic play. Completely agree. Work yourself a little middle and, and cash out. As we look at these unders and tempo, um, let's let's like uh, let's look at a couple of these matchups. Slowest tempos. Wisconsin 332 versus Oregon 328, Nova 333, St. Mary's 347, K-State 342, UCI 296, Cuse 251, Baylor 291, Michigan 320, Montana 225, and Kentucky 265, Abilene Christian 254. Let's focus in on that Oregon matchup, um, again, because they've been on such a a crazy 8-0 ATS, 8-0 under run. Um, It's one I circled, of course, Again, Oregon, crazy run. Um, grab some plus three at open. And now I'm worried that despite getting the best of the number, you know, there was no 12-5 matchup last year, but it's definitely the public, what the public looks like or looks for in a an upset. Do you put stock into the 12-5 history? Do you always kind of pick one of those upsets on the money line? Do you feel the public can mush something, you know, if the public is all over one side, specifically a, a lower seed or the darling upset or the underdog, if you will? I don't, and I'm going to put full disclosure here. So I covered Creighton University as their pre- and post-game show host for a bunch of Dane Altman's runs. I know Coach Altman really well. I've uh, I've been a big fan of his. I've watched him work magic in tournaments forever, and I... Uh, I was not surprised in the least to see Oregon win the Pac-12 tournament, given how poor the Pac-12 is when coaching can separate. If the talent on the court is not the same, coaching can separate. And Coach Altman absolutely did that for the Oregon Ducks. I love him. It's why he went to the Final Four in 2017. I mean, it's why he left Creighton University to begin with. He needed more talented players in the dance. I mean, you remember go back to the Florida win with Kyle Korver. That was his claim to fame before the 2017 run for for Oregon. I, I just like Dan Altman a lot, and he's so difficult to prepare for his style of play is so tough to script against. And, um, I don't like the big 10 all that much. I'm going to be honest. I, I think the big 10, I think pac 12, helping the big East. I think this is a year where some of these brand names are not going to have great runs. And even though I'm talking negatively about the pac 12, I, I do think Oregon's going to come in there and I like them a lot. I love what you got. I mean, I've seen it at, at minus two today. 
I, I think three is a great number for Oregon. I, I think they win the game outright, to be quite honest. I, I think this is a team that gets to the second round with Dana Altman because they're getting healthy. They've got great point guard play, which is so important in the tournament, and great coaching as well. And I, I like I like the Ducks over the over Bucky there in the, in the first round. I totally agree with you. Uh, let's talk trends. Do you put a lot of stock in them? Because Joe Osborne, friend of the program from Odd Shark, put out a couple great trends, specifically this one. Uh, recreational bettors, I think, may stumble on this. Um, I've personally tried to give myself a personal you know, little money line parlay embargo and ban myself just because things look so easy uh, and you can kind of get yourself into trouble in the tournament. But I want to read you this. Teams favored by five or more points in the first round game since 1996 have won 85.07% of games. Um, again, if you take out the 12-5, matchup and you didn't play those as they're only, I believe, 14 games over 500 since 1996 now. Um, it's even higher, 88, 89%. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And do you think gamblers can use it? Um, well, or do you just go with what works for you? You got to realize though, that that trend's not against the spread though. That that trend, because I, I asked you that question. I said, hey, it, that's just, that's straight up. So if you're filling out your bracket, that's an awesome stat. From a gambling standpoint, that's dangerous because it, it, it means the team's winning outright, but the team's not covering if it's five points or more. So I, I love the stat. If you're in a bracket challenge, if you're in you know, your office pool, I think that's a stat you have to follow. In terms of gambling, eh, I, I'm kind of not going to pay attention to that too much. I'm going to look at matchups a lot more and, and say, okay, you know, just because you're favored by five, hey, you win by four, I lose. So I don't. So I'm going to stay away from that. You know, would you use it in a money line parlay? I have a, I have a real rule here when it comes to the dance. I don't parlay. I don't tease. Okay. Because it's, it, what happens is if you get so caught up in, Oh my God, 16 games, Thursday, 16 games, Friday, screw it. I'll throw five games together and I'll throw these. And then it never hits. And, and that's one of the, th and, and, and that's one of the things in Jersey. That's so awesome that Jersey has these, you know, has, he has these really aggressive marketing campaigns where they're going to let you cash a five team parlay. If you only hit four, it's not a round Robin. It's just a straight four five. And like, I love that. Like that needs to come to Vegas. And I, I hope that we get more aggressive marketing campaigns that way where we see this stuff happen in, in, in Las Vegas that they have in New Jersey. And, you know, it's, it's parlay insurance, they call it or whatnot. But I, I just try really hard to stay away. I love teasing games. I, I love moving lines. It's, it's kind of like a sick obsession that I have. And it, 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 it's dumb. I get it. People yell at me all the time. And uh, Doug Kazarian of ESPN and I have like a running joke where I, I'll, I'll I'll, I'll tease totals in the NBA. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? Stop teasing totals in the NBA. I'm like, I know I just have fun with it. It's just, it's not, you know, I'm not investing heavy money in it. I just, if I'm bored on a Tuesday night and you know, three teams are playing, I'll start toying around with the number and moving totals and whatnot. And lo and behold, I get burned. So I, I should know better, but I, I try hard to stop myself. I get the inclination. I, I totally feel you in terms of like, Ooh, this would be fun. Yeah. Gotta be careful. You can get burned pretty easily. It's so funny you talk teasers and parlays. You know, we don't have this opportunity in Vegas, um, but if you're a local or an offshore or Jersey or whatever, maybe they'll implement this. I think the open parlay and open teaser isn't used nearly enough by people. Um, when you put a, a two-team open in, um, you know, people move women and children to get the best of the number. And if you can you know, <laughs> put a, a two-team open in and kind of fill the other one when you want to, whether it be NFL six points or, or NBA or whatever you want to do, I think it's vastly underutilized uh, if you can get over the stigma of both of them. When they're done right, uh, they're very profitable. Oh my God. In, in the NFL, holy, I made a lot of money this year 
tees in NFL games. If you know what you're doing, <laughs> Wong teases in the nuts, man. Yep. If you know what you're doing, if you understand line movement, if you understand the game, I mean, I, I, that's, I had a bookmaker tell me that there was a rumor that there was a major property here in Vegas that was seriously considering stopping taking teasers this year in the NFL because people now have figured out how to actually do it. And they were getting absolutely creamed in the NFL on teasers. And so, I mean, bravo to the pro players and bravo to the people who have figured this out. But if you can move the number and you know what you're doing and you're willing to lay enough juice, you can make some real money teasing games. So I, I, I'm, I'm against that idea that all teasers are sucker bets. I don't think that's true. Totally agree with you. I want to break down this matchup based on the tournament. From Selection Sunday, a seed, is there anything, um, you know, we are one biggest takeaway, a path. Cincinnati to me is interesting, being at home but getting a worse draw. Which ones really caught your eye uh, as a whole for matchups here? I mean, what caught my eye the most is that the, the committee decided to use their eyes and not just the computers, which I really liked. And I like the fact that a Belmont made this field. I like the fact that, you know, NC State's up there banging their chest saying we played you know five games against number one seats. Yeah, you lost. OK, I, I, I want teams that win. I want teams that are going to be fun and I want teams that are experienced and have you know some some good leadership and then can put on the best the best tournament possible. So 11 conferences getting multiple bids. I thought that was a great thing for us who, who really appreciate college basketball as a tournament and not so much as a, as a made for TV event. And, and that for so many years, I felt like the committee was looking to build the best TV tournament and not the best basketball tournament. So I think this committee did a really good job. Um, I, I, you know, I was a little surprised just, you know, taking a look at the number one seeds that three of them came out of the ACC because the committee, the committee had to have known that Kentucky was going to be bitching like crazy and that you had to have known that the big 10 was going to be angry. It's just like the sec in football, where if you start loading up on one, on one conference, the other conferences start crying and start getting pissed off. So, um, that was probably, probably my biggest surprise is that, is that you saw three number one seeds coming out of the ACC and then Gonzaga was one of them. I mean, everybody was saying, um, Johnny Avello from DraftKings told me that Gonzaga would be lucky to get a two seed based upon their power rankings. And I, I'm kind of in total disagreement with that. I really like Gonzaga a lot. And I think losing was a good thing for them in the West coast conference tournament. And I'm, I'm going back and forth on my own bracket. I've got Duke and, and, and Gonzaga meeting again in the final four. And I don't know which side I'm going to go with here because the public's going to bet Duke so heavily that a part of me wants to take Gonzaga just because it would be a contrarian way of, of looking at the bracket. All right. I want to give you some rapid fire narratives here. Uh, let's start here. Yep. Duke versus the field, and tell me why. The field. Why? Why? Because if you look at Kentucky back in 2014 and 15, when they were nearly even money to win, they made the Final Four and lost. It's it's a lot. The tournament's long. It's you know expecting Duke to shoot the ball well from outside the arc. Uh, they can't hit the three. So if you can play a 2-3 zone, if you can really limit Zion getting to the lane, if you just hope R.J. Barrett has a really bad shooting day and Cam Reddish does as well. I mean, Duke is incredibly talented, but they're not unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. And defensively, I, it comes down to whether or not you can limit them points in the paint and points from behind the arc. If you can do that, you can beat Duke. What 12-5 matchup is most likely to uh, occur? Mississippi State Liberty, Murray State Marquette, Auburn, New Mexico, uh, or the Oregon-Wisconsin one that we touched on? I think you're obviously going to lean with Oregon here, but is there any others that make some sense? Oh, yeah. Murray State, look out for sure. I mean, the Big East, like I mentioned, I'm not a fan of what's... I, I watched a lot of Big East basketball because of Creighton, so I, I, I you know, you get, you get one guy, and Jordan Howard, you, you got a guy who, you know, is the entire team. You can st you, you can shut him down. You can say the same thing about Murray State, though, with Morant, but I, I mean, I, I think that's a really interesting 
intriguing up and up and down game. But I, I think it's a great draw for Murray State to get a team that plays a very similar way that they do. Uh, I think Oregon wins, but Marquette losing would not surprise me at all. Is there someone in this field that got a very favorable draw uh, with their path? I look like a team. I look at a team like Nevada. I think they have an interesting one, but I think I'm very biased as being kind of invested in them. Nova as a six seed is very interesting. When you live and die by the three, you can get hot in March, or much like Auburn. Uh, is there anyone that stood out to you as either an easy or very difficult path? Obviously, the Michigan State and Michigan ones come to mind for sure. But um, anything that looks, you know, either good or difficult for the path? Yeah, it stinks for Michigan State to be in the same bracket as Duke. I mean, uh, I mean, I think, but but that's you know what though when, when, when when you get to that level, that's that's going to be, you know, you're going to play a one seed. I mean, which one seed do you want to play? I guess they'd rather play Virginia probably than, than anybody else. But I, I mean, come on. I mean, you can't cry too much about that. I mean, I, I, th- I thought Duke's path was pretty easy. I mean, I think that the, they're not going to see any real resistance. I, I don't think until they wind up hitting uh, a, a Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Um, you know, Nevada, I I. I I don't, I'm not jumping up and down about Nevada. I, I, I'm not, you know, I think they're not going to sneak up on people like they did last year. And I think everyone's searching around for that, you know, Illinois, Chicago, you know, repeat. That's, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I, I don't think we're going to have this crazy Cinderella run. And that's why it was so fun last year. Um, you know, in, in terms of the overall bracket, I thought the bracket was pretty good. I, I thought they did a good job building it. I didn't really have any major problems with anybody. I thought maybe a, a couple of seeds here or there where we're, we're a little bit crazy, but, um, you know, I, I, I think there's some real potential crazy upsets. I think Yale can beat LSU. I, I think Northeastern is definitely dangerous for Kansas. Um, you know, I, I was there when you and I beat Kansas in Oklahoma city. I, I watched Bradley beat Kansas. I watched, um, Bucknell beat Kansas. I mean, I kind of feel like this is a very similar situation for them, um, with their matchup and everyone's going to go Northeastern. Are you crazy? Well, they can shoot the three, man. They are really, you know, I love, I I look at, um, effective field goal percentage is something that I love to look at when it comes to, 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 to matchups. And I look at defensive efficiency and effective three goal, uh, field goal percentage And Northeastern's really, really good on offense. They're okay on defense, but if they can jack the three and if they're hot from the outside, this is not your typical Kansas team. This is a very injured prone. I mean, they got a bunch of key injuries and bill self is being rumored for the NBA. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Kansas go out early in this tournament. That would not surprise me in the least bit. Another thing I want to ask you is the darling dark horses in this tournament without question are Walford and Buffalo. Yes. Uh, between the two of them, who makes it further and who do you like more? <laughs> I'm I'm in love with Walford minus three in their first matchup. I, I think they're going to be, they're a lot of fun, man. I, I meant to have effective field goal percentage. They're one of the best in the country. I think they're second in three, three point percentage. Uh, I love them. They, they are a team that I think could wind up going all the way to the elite eight. My question is I can't get past Kentucky. I just don't know if Wofford can beat Kentucky and I haven't been able to pull the trigger on my own bracket on that, but I think that they play a style and Kentucky is known to trip up at certain times with younger teams without real like elite talent. Like they they normally have, you know, number one, number two picks. They really don't have that coming up this year. Uh, That's my only question. I got Wofford going to the second round. I, I think they have a chance to play in the second weekend though. We are just about lockstep as we look across this bracket with these matchups. I agree with everything you just said. Um, is It seems like Gonzaga is your, let's say, unofficial Inside Vegas pick for uh, this podcast. Is that correct? And uh, you believe that Gonzaga will end up taking down this tournament? 
Yeah, right now, right now, I haven't. I, I just think everybody's on Duke. I think when you start seeing everyone hammering one team and they get they have recency bias, and I think Duke really was fired up with Zion's declaration that we're going to see Carolina again, and they got a break by not seeing Virginia in the final. They got Florida State, which is a team I think they they matched up pretty well with. Um, I, I think that this. This Duke team is very, very good, but it's not like I will be blown away if they shoot like crap one game and get beat by somebody that they should not be beaten by. So Gonzaga is vet is, is a veteran team. They've got multiple options, great coach. I mean, they've got everything in line that would lead me to believe that even with their draw, that they're going to have a chance here. I think they make the final four in that rematch versus Duke. I, if they win that game, I think they win it all. Anything else? Tips, tricks, anything you want to give out when it comes to the tournament? Yeah, I think I think we hit on a lot. I mean, my, my big my biggest advice to everybody is you don't have to bet on every game. Okay, you don't have to bet on every single game. I know we all want to, but you don't have to. And if you need to get away from the board for a little bit, go for a run, take a shower, go get a massage, go do something uh, to clear your head a little bit. But you know, don't. It's a long tournament. Thursday and Friday is a lot of fun, but there are many games to be come at, to come up afterwards that you want to have a bankroll available for. So pace yourself. It's the most fun time of the year. I love the tournament. I love gambling on the tournament. And thank you for having me. This was a ton of fun. All right, man. Well, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time. Again, he is Matt Perot on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt, the host of Pushing the Odds on SB Nation nationally and 920 The Game in Las Vegas. Pushing the Odds, of course, live from CGT Sportsbook inside the Palms, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday on 920 a.m. The Game and 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on SB Nation nationally. Thank you so much. That was Matt Perel of Pushing the Odds. And again, find him on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt. March Madness is here, guys. And I hope you guys really enjoy it. If you're looking for a need a book online to bet at, please, if there is any doubt, I only recommend places that have been good to us and, and good to me personally. That's mybookie.ag, the official online sports book of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Enter promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus today. You play, you win, you get paid. No more important time of year than March madness for that. We're also brought to you by Play Balto. The Sports Gaming Podcast Network is partnered up with PlayBalto.com for our March Madness Bracket Challenge. If you have the best bracket, $1,000. If you refer the person with the best bracket, $5,000. And if you have the perfect bracket, you could win $1,000. That is PlayBalto.com, P-L-A-Y-B-A-L-T-O. And go to SportsGamingPodcast.com slash madness to join the SGP pool. Sign up just takes 10 seconds. It's free and $100,000 is up for grabs. We're also brought to you by FanVest. FanVest Wagering Exchange will be the stock market for sports. FanVest is a digital exchange that lets you invest in and trade sports teams like the stock market to monetize your sports knowledge. Finvest is launching a free-to-play March Madness portfolio challenge for a $5,000 cash prize for the winning portfolio. It's beyond simple to use and go to Finvest wageringexchange.com to instantly receive $1,000 in fan bucks to build the portfolio that you th- of all teams that you think that they will advance. That name again, fanvestwageringexchange.com. We're also brought to you by DraftKings. Did you know you could fill out a tournament bracket on DraftKings this year? That's right. DraftKings is here and this is the leader of daily fantasy sports and now is a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone's going to fill out a bracket during the tournament. You know it and I know it. You might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. They have upwards of $64,000 up for grab. All you got to do is download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now and use the promo code SGP to enter the bracket battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. Again, promo code SGP.
Finally, the SGP 10K promo. Sports Gaming Podcast trying to give away $1,000 in their quest for 10,000 followers on Twitter. If Gambling Podcast gets to 10,000 before the NC tournament is over, they will give away $1,000 to one random follower. It's that easy. All you need to do is send out a tweet with the promo code hashtag SGP 10K and at Gambling Podcast to tag them. Unlimited entries. The more times you do it, the better chance you have to win $1,000 in free money, guys. And finally, I want to give a quick shout out to Spread Investor, Rico Bosco, Moneyline Parlays, Tim Holt, who put together an incredible guide for March Madness. I know Spread Investor was on uh, Ryan and Sean's feed um, for the sports gambling betting tips for March Madness that we did. Um, I referenced some of the, the stuff that's in this guide, but it's absolutely incredible. Um, again, have it up right now. So much info on here. I know how hard all those guys worked on it. So head to spreadinvestor.com if you want to kind of take a look at it. I believe it's $9.99 and some of the best money that you'll spend in terms of kind of how they break things down, shooting percentages, everything and everything from the different type of basketballs out there and how they affect stuff, not to mention um, totals, everything and everything. Some of the best money that you will spend, again, referenced in the podcast with Matt Peralt. So spreadinvestor.com will get you that uh, over for that guide. Hope you guys have a great and profitable NCAA tournament. Myself, Ryan, and Sean uh, and Colby will be together doing some joint stuff, some combined stuff. Um, so if you're out and about in town, please come say hi to us.